This is our annual one service Sunday. Obviously, it's different this year than it has been in the past. But what I wanted to do is I thought we'd take a moment to remind ourselves about why, what God has for us as a church. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. So Hebrews, if you have a digital version, feel free to just plug, plug away. You'll find it pretty quickly. Otherwise, if you're new to Scripture, Hebrews is kind of near the end of your Bibles. And in Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to pick it up in about verse uh, 19. And the author of Hebrews, we don't know who the author is, but the author is writing and kind of explaining that in Christ, something has changed. As Jesus came and uh, through his life, death, and resurrection, something fundamentally changed. It changed about, no longer was there this religious system, especially of sacrifice and of just kind of this obedience that was to earn salvation or to earn favor with God. It was once and for all done away with in the person of Christ. So Hebrews chapter 10, the author's speaking about it. And then in verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, so by, by the sacrifice and life, death, and resurrection of Christ, by a new way, a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh, through his life. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, this great priest language is saying Jesus is now the one. No longer do you have to go to a priest to receive forgiveness. You no longer have to go to a priest to kind of enter the holy place, to enter the presence of God. Jesus is that great priest now. He says, let us draw near with sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let's consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the author here is writing and essentially saying, in Christ, something fundamentally has now changed. And where before there was this veil, which literally in the temple, there was a veil, a long curtain that was hanging, separating the Holy of Holies, which represented the presence of God. It wasn't the very presence of God, but represented the presence of God and separated from everyone. And you couldn't even get into the temple if you, were, uh, if you weren't Jewish enough or you weren't Jewish and you weren't clean. If you were a female, you couldn't enter into the temple either. So there was all of these different regulations, all these things that were separating people from the presence of God or the representation of the presence of God. And if you were not of the Jewish race, you weren't even allowed into the inner court. You were in the outer court. But in Christ, something fundamentally changed. And this author's reminding us that now all of those walls are broken down. This veil is torn. And now in Jesus, that those who were formerly on the outside can be on the inside. And as I was thinking about this passage, and we're going to keep going back to this passage a couple times, it really talks a lot about, this is one of the things, one of the passages that helps us understand why we do what we do as a church. See, we say our biggest purpose, our biggest reason is we exist to help people discover life in Jesus. That's why we exist. In any, any church, I hope every church has that purpose. Now, how you define that might look differently, but 
I hope every church who follows Jesus says we want others to discover life in Jesus. And the reason we do is not so that we get more stars on our kind of Boy Scout heaven badge or, or whatever that is. I got kicked out of Boy Scouts, so I don't know what those are called. But, um, but it wasn't so you can earn stars because more people discover life in Jesus. It's because we think that fundamentally a life in Christ is the best way to live. Anyone with me on that? We believe a life in Christ, and we've been looking at the last three weeks, is this selfless life. It's a life that says it's not about me always getting my way and winning. It's about God's way and his life and his value of all people, whether I agree with them or not. You with me on that? So if that's who we are as Christians, and we actually live that way, and we model the ways of Jesus, we tend to believe that that is better for not just you and me, but it's better for everyone. When Christians actually live like Christ, that's good news for the saved and the unsaved. And we can see what it looks like when we don't live for Christ, when a life is filled with selfishness and self-gain and self-preservation and all of the things that we see at play all the time making sure my side always wins, I'm always right, whatever, I devalue you because I don't agree with your opinion. That's not the way of Christ. But in Jesus, all of that, those walls are broken down and now we exist so people may discover life in Christ because that is the best way to live for everyone. So we kind of break it down into three things and say, well, what does that mean for us as a church? And I hope you have heard these before unless you are a guest. And when we talk about these, these are kind of things that we say, well, what, are, what is it fundamentally? What are some of the things we do to do that? And the first one is we want to be a home for those who are lost and wandering in their faith. A home for those who are wandering in their faith. Now, that might be someone who doesn't even know they're wandering. Yes, I've seen the stickers. I'm an REI fan that says not all who are lost are wandering. I get it. <laughs> but I actually believe that in our lives, sometimes we don't know we're wandering, but we are. I think there's a lot of people, even in our own families, in our lives, who have a basis of faith, but maybe have wandered away. We want, we want to be a home for those people. We want to be a home for someone who says, I have no background of faith. I don't even know what I think about Christians. In fact, I think Christians are probably bad. They prob- I probably don't want to hang out with them. But we want to be a place where if someone like that shows up, they say, wow, I kind of felt at home there. We want to be the type of people that when we are in our neighborhoods and we meet others who are not yet followers of Jesus, that when they are with us, they feel at home. And all of us have different images of what that looks like. You know, I've I've shared before, I have a Midwest family, and they kind of, the Midwest nails hospitality, usually. They nail it pretty well. And, And so when I think of what does that look like then as Christians, how are we so hospitable that if someone, and you may be here right now and, and don't believe, and maybe you just kind of showed up, maybe you're here with a friend, I hope that you say, wow, I felt so at home. That's fundamentally what we want to be because we believe that in Jesus, the veil is torn and there is room for everyone. You say, well, do you know about their lifestyle? I don't care about your lifestyle because Jesus can... Sh- can meet you and fix and change all of that. It's not my job to make you Christian before you become a Christian. My job is to introduce you to Jesus and let you see that there is life in him. And I believe the Holy Spirit will work on our lives because we all have junk that needs to be worked out. We all do. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) So there's someone sitting next to you who has stuff that Jesus needs to work on. 
and change. There's neighbors that have stuff that Jesus needs to work on and change. And that's okay. Our job isn't to sort out everyone before they get in. That was the old way. In Christ, the veil is torn. And I have a dream that here at this church, and we see it, we see it often happen, but my hope and my prayer for you every week is that there's someone sitting near you that you say, wow, I'm a little uncomfortable normally around someone like this just because maybe I don't agree with them. or Maybe I'm not familiar with them. And my hope is that Jesus gives you the opportunity to be love to that person. To help them feel at home. You know, I was thinking of the life of Christ and he told us that he came not for the sick, or not for the healthy, but for the sick. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. I come to seek and save the lost. At another moment, Jesus was sharing the story where one of the religious folks came to him and said, hey, Jesus, um, who is, what's the greatest command? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And the person said, okay, I can do that. Who's my neighbor? Thinking, okay, my neighbor's probably people like me. I can do that. I can do that. My neighbors are people who watch the same news channel as I do. I can love those people most of the time. So then Jesus told a story, and the story of the Good Samaritan. We're not going through it today. But essentially, the the punchline was this. The priest saw someone on the side of the road, a fellow Jew, who was beaten, who was robbed, and walked by. said, I'm kind of busy. I actually often hear that or feel that when I'm, as a pastor, I drive through town and I see someone on the side of the road who needs help. I'm like, ah, seriously, Lord, you know what? I'll leave that for one of my sea coasters that they can grow in their faith. I'm busy. <laughs> but the priest walked by. We had the, the scribe, the holy person walks by. And then a Samaritan is the one who stops. And again, I'm, I'm speeding through this story. If you've never read it before, I encourage you to read it. But when Jesus told that story, the shocking point was the Samaritan who stopped. That was somebody of a different race whose take on religion was a little different. It was someone that actually the Jews said, you're a half-breed, you don't measure up to us. You're not the type of people we hang out with. And the hero of that story, the person in the story who did what was right, was the one they said, I don't relate to and agree with. And at the end of it, Jesus said, well, who was the better neighbor? Everyone knew. Well, the Samaritan. See, in Christ, he says, these walls need to be broken down. They need to be broken down. And that's our dream as a church. We want to be a home for all who are lost and wandering in the faith. Of all backgrounds, all lifestyles, all choices that have been made that maybe we agree with, maybe we don't. But we believe that life in Christ is the hope for them. So, it's hot today, so I'm not going to preach too long on all of these. But I'm going to invite, um, after each section, I'm going to invite someone from Seacoast to come up and pray. And I want to invite Lisa Neal to come up. I know she has a heart for reaching the lost and the wandering. And she's going to lead us in a prayer that we can have our hearts open. That we would become people who make it a home for all to believe, even to belong before they believe, in our personal lives and in our corporate lives. So, Lisa, thanks for being here. Lead us in prayer. Praise the Lord. Can Thank you. Amen to that. Amen. And I think that it's a time of praise for me personally. Just living in, a, in prayers of praise because the enemy cannot have it, our praise. So if you would pray with me a prayer of praise for who God is and for who we are in him. Oh, God, we thank you 
We thank you that we are your children. We thank you, Lord God, that we can call you Father. We thank you, Lord God, that no matter what is going on in our life, that you are a God who sees. You are a God who knows. You are Jehovah Shalom, a God of peace. You are Jehovah Rohi, God our shepherd. And God, we can look to you knowing that no matter what, you are love. And God, because we are yours, we can be children of love. We are living in a time right now, Lord God, like no other time in history. And what an incredible time to be children of light. Lord God, what an incredible, what an amazing opportunity to be children who live a life of loving you, who live a life of knowing who we are and knowing who you are in us. So God, help us. Anoint us, Lord God. Cover us with your love. May we hone in on this time. May we hone in on the centeredness of who we are in you, on your glory, your majesty. And God, may we be a people who others can find a home in our hearts because we have a heart of God. May we be people who the world can see, as our pastor says, that we belong to you because of the love that we have for one another. May we be a people who trust you, Lord, who walk according to your spirit, who have the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All those things the world is hungry for but cannot find. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, we need you. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. We worship you because of who you are. You are bigger than our circumstances. Your love is greater than anything that we can fathom. God, we won't pray the problem. We will pray the promises of God over those who do not know you, that you will save those who call upon your name. We won't pray our worries, but we will worship you, Lord God, in adoration and confidence and hope, knowing that we have a high priest who has suffered all things. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you that you are God who's able to do anything but fail and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So may we be a people, Lord. May we be a people who are ambassadors of reconciliation, who can see past the division, who can see past the, the divide, and we can see past the darkness and be shining lights, ambassadors who carry the love and forgiveness of God, who are living a life in freedom because where the spirit is, there is freedom. And we can be free to forgive, free to love, free to pull in those sheep, Father, who are lost. Oh, what a joy it is and what a privilege. May we never look back with regret, but with a heart of faith and love and hope and thanksgiving. And we thank you that we can pray to you without anxiety, but trusting you in you with thanksgiving. And we thank you for the peace that guards our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Let's give the Lord a praise there. Yes. Well, if I knew you were going to preach, I would have just let you come off. Come on. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I love the spirit of, of Lisa's prayer. And as we talked ahead of time and just said, I know your heart to see the Lord just made known in others' lives. And, and that is the heart that we want to have, that the lost can be found. The next thing we talk about as a church, so that we want to be a home for those lost and wandering in the faith. And by the way, in your life journal, you'll see a little spot that says, who are the people 
that I am praying for that will discover life in Christ. It's in, your, uh, in a weekly spot. I want to encourage you to use that. Write the people in your life that you say, hey, maybe these are people who I'm just praying that they can discover life in Jesus. Uh, write a few names, and it's amazing what happens when you pray. You might say, hey, Ryan, I'm not good at sharing my faith. I, I don't even have the opportunities. I never see anybody. Just start praying and watch what God will do. <laughs> You're going to find opportunities very quickly. And so I want to encourage you to use that. Okay, the next thing we say is uh, we're home for lost and wandering. And we also want to be a family of disciples being transformed by the good news of Jesus. Let's go back to that Hebrews chapter 10. Notice after the author talks all about this veil is torn, we have new life in Christ, something fundamentally has changed. Then in verse 23, it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful, I don't know about you, but this is a good year for me to be keep reminded of. I need to hold fast to my confession without wavering. There's a, a temptation to waver in, in the, our current climate. He says, hold fast to our confession and let us consider how we may stimulate one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not forsake our assembling together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And this was this belief where they said the day of the Lord is coming. He will come back again. But until that time, let us not forsake gathering together. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about what do we do as a church? Should we stay open, stay closed, outdoors, indoors, all of that? And trust me, as a, a leadership team, we're praying about these. We're working on our plan for what it looks like when we move indoors. And a little sneak peek, we'll probably have a hybrid model where we'll also have an outdoor seating for those of you who are more comfortable outdoors. We live in San Diego. We can do that. That's awesome. So uh, we're working on that. That's coming soon. But uh, along with all of this is churches. I was on a two-hour conference this week of churches are figuring out what does it look like? like the church and politics and, and what should we do about coronavirus and lockdowns and all of these things. And the one theme that kind of kept coming up is though we feel persecuted, we're really not. <laughs> not comparatively. And every time the church faced any sort of challenge throughout history, the church thrives because we stop relying on how good we are at playing church and we start saying, let's rely on one another and the, through the Holy Spirit. Doesn't it sound better to be a church that's led and powered by the Holy Spirit than our great minds? <laughs> you should have an amen when you think of my great mind. Just go, amen, we want the Holy Spirit leading us. But this, in Hebrews, they're talking to people who understand persecution, understand hard times, understand the fact that everyone's going through different things and says, let us consider how we may encourage one another towards loving good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together. Let's not stop. I love all of you who've made the choice to come out here. I know many of you who are at home. Some of you are at home because you're immune compromised, maybe feeling you're part of the vulnerable population. I've talked and prayed with many of you, and I'm so glad you're continuing to tune in. I know for many of you, you wish you were here, but uh, you're making it a, you know, a digital connection, and we're glad we can do that, so we're so happy to have you. You are a part of Seacoast, though you're still at home connecting online. You're a part of Seacoast. Let's let them know they're still a part of us. So tell them you're here. Yeah. And I do want to encourage you, if you're able, let's, let's not give up with connecting and meeting with one another. So for you, connection in the church has become just turn it on while you're making coffee and wandering around the house. I encourage you to, to lean in a little more. Maybe choose to, to join into a group. Maybe be here with us in person. Again, we'll try many ways to make it a safe, a good environment for you. 
But don't give up meeting with others. Don't try to play the solo thing as a Christian. Now, for me, I'm, I'm part extrovert and part introvert. That's a real thing, ambivert. And so if you're an ambivert, I don't get worn out by being around people, but I also don't get worn out when I'm not around people. In fact, there's days I have no problem not being around some of you. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Sunday afternoons as a pastor, sometimes you just want to go home. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, I, I don't get worn out one way or the other. But I have a tendency... It's very easy for me to then say, I just want to be alone. I don't need anyone in my life. I think pay at the pump is one of my favorite things ever. You can just get out, put in your credit card, pump your gas, and not talk to anyone. It's awesome, right? (laughs) But it can be unhealthy because I like to avoid human contact some days. (laughs) And though it's good every once in a while, we're not made to be alone. And so that's why at Seacoast, we want to be a family who's being transformed. We want to know one another. We want to connect you to groups. If you are not in a group, I encourage you, reach out. We're beginning new groups again, starting here in the fall. Find a way to connect. We even have one group that may be a digital group. So if you're just looking to connect, but you don't want to meet in person, there's opportunities. But let's not give up meeting together. Let's not give up encouraging one another. We're a family being transformed. Don't try to do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. I want to invite up one of our elders. He's going to pray over this piece that we will become a family of disciples who are being transformed by the good news. So I'm going to invite up Gabe Calzada, who serves as one of our elders, and he is going to pray for this portion of our heart as a church. Good morning, everyone. So happy to see everybody. Come right over here so we can see you. There you go. (laughs) I'm going to pray for mi familia today, all of you. Lord, we're just thankful, thankful for everyone that's present here today, that we have the strength and energy to come out and celebrate you, Lord. That is a gift. Lord, I pray for all my family out in TV land, Lord, that maybe doesn't have the strength to come out. Their pain, their weakness is our pain, our weakness, Lord, and we celebrate them, Lord. They may be far from us, but they're in our heart and they're with us. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray... Uh, just for forgiveness and confession. Lord, we all have our selfish ambitions, Lord, and we uh, seek forgiveness for trying to push our opinions on others, Lord. Yeah. Also, Lord, uh, we just be so thankful that, Jesus, you live in each and every one of us. Yeah. Lord, that our prayer this week is that we go out into our lives and that the people we interact with, we see you, Jesus, in mm. each and every one. Mm. Even if we look alike or we look different, that we see you, Jesus, because that's what connects us. That's mm. what makes it a family. Lord, and that's what allow us to love on each other. Mm-hmm. That our brothers and sisters' pains are our pains. That their joys are our joys. That their children are our children. That their parents are our parents, Lord. Mm. Lord, and we're just so thankful. And Lord, mm. thank you for giving us another day today. Mm-hmm. Today, we have a breath in us that we can go out and that we can serve you. Mm-hmm. And we're just so grateful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, th- Ed, just on this, that side, I love uh, the elder 
team here at the church. They just have a love for you and a love for one another. And, and I'm grateful for the service of all those who serve on our elder board. We have a couple of them here and who have served in the past. So thank you for your service and modeling what family looks like to all of us. So we, we appreciate all of you and your heart. Um, I love, again, on that family piece, as, as Gabe prayed, there's this selflessness that comes with it. And I don't know about you, in your families, I'm sure no one's experienced this, but there's opportunities to give up your rights often within a family, is there not? <laughs> if you want peace, maybe some of you go like, no, it's about my rights. But the family of Christ is very much the same. We want to su- serve and sacrifice for one another. What a great opportunity. So we have, uh, we're a home for the lost and wandering, we're a family of disciples being transformed, and finally, we're a movement of people blessing the neighborhoods in which we live work, and I like to say live, work, and play. So this is where we go. We want to be a blessing. This is simply comes out of the question that says this. If we as a church cease to exist, who would care? If the only people who care that we exist is ourselves, then we're failing in our mission as a church. Because the church exists to be a blessing to where God has planted us. That's how it started from the beginning. So we want to be a movement of people who bless the communities, the neighborhoods in which we live, work, and play. That's why we're involved in our tutoring of, at Oceanola Elementary School just up the street, why we have Casa de Amistad, an after-school program for English language learners, why we are involved in the Community Resource Center, helping the underemployed and the homeless here in Encinitas, and Seacoast provides a ton of the volunteers to the food bank. So thank you all for those of you who participate in that every single week. In fact, the CRC this year, when coronavirus hit, lost 95% of their volunteers initially. And... It was backfilled with people from Seacoast almost exclusively, partly because we have an inside track, but, uh, but it was cool that as my wife started reaching out to many of you, and she does the volunteer coordinating, the people and families of Seacoast said, we're in. We want to love and bless our community, and I see some of our regular CRC volunteers around right now, and I want to thank you for giving up of time every single week to serve the underemployed and the homeless here in this community. Thank you for being a blessing. Let's, let's thank all of them who who do that week after week. Ultimately, that's who we want to be as a church. We want our community to say, we're so grateful for you. I have good news that even uh, recently, and just uh, one of our area elementary schools, I'll keep it vague because you never know. Sometimes people hear things and say, should this school do that? But a school reached out to us and said, hey, during coronavirus, we have a lot of kids who don't have access to internet. They're having trouble learning. And so they said, can we use your facilities for tutoring during this interim period of online learning and all this? And I love that they called Seacoast. That's a step in the right direction. And so that's us saying we want to be recognized in our community as a place that wants to bless. And so we're able to provide a space for them uh, to help in this season. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, I have it on screens for you. It says this. The Israelites were living in exile, meaning they weren't living in Israel. They were cast out. They were living in Babylon at this time in a non-Jewish community. And this is their command to their people. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in, it, it's, and for in its welfare you will have welfare. In other words, what God said to the Israelites, quit saying, I wish we were back in the place where everyone believed what we believed, everyone looked like what we looked like, everyone thought what we thought, and I wish we were back to the good old days where Christian was okay and it was accepted. And he said, no, where I have sent you, I want you to be there 
to not just be there to represent me, but to pray for the city in which I've sent you. And I want you to pray not just that I would unleash my fury on them. <laughs> Do you see that in this passage? <laughs> Lord, smite all these unbelievers. No. Pray for their welfare. What? They don't believe. They don't even like you. Yeah, pray for them. Because my heart is for them. And so should yours. As a church, we want to be a blessing. Because that's where God has planted us. That's what we're here for. So we want to pray for our city on their behalf. That's who we want to be as a church. It's really warm. I could preach so long on this, but I'm going to cut myself short here. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to invite Jonathan up. And, and Jonathan, who's been leading our local and global outreach, he, he serves as our executive pastor here. Many of you, anything that needs to be done in, in the church, you guys know Jonathan does. I don't even know what happens around here. He makes it work. So, um, but Jonathan has been one who has made a ton of the inroads for us, um, getting to know the mayor, making uh, relationships with our city, uh, with our schools, principals, and has really modeled this idea of let's be a blessing to the neighborhoods where God has sent us. And so Jonathan's going to pray for this portion of it, and then we're going to transition right back into one final song to respond right after that. So Jonathan, you're the grand finale. <laughs> Pressure's on. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you that you have made us each uniquely. Um, I just think of Psalm 139 where it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made and you've made us each with a unique personality, unique gifting, unique passions, and then you put us here in, in North County to uh, be a blessing. And I, I pray that you would help us to see ourselves as a blessing in our neighborhoods and where we work and where we shop and where we go. And Father, for every person that is sitting here on our campus today as we leave, I pray that you would help us to see us as sent ones into our communities. We, we engage with people throughout the week, and we want to be engaged doing your business as you're our king, sent as envoys into the area. And for those that are at, up at Camp Lord, as they come back, let them just take that experience and see that as a way of uh, that you bless them to be a blessing to those around. And those that are with us online, same thing, Father, that they would just see themselves as people being sent into their places where they go every week, taking this incredible gift that we have, a relationship with you and the joy and the peace that we can experience. So we thank you that you've chosen us. We, and we uh, ask that you would help us to see ourselves not as an end that we just want to receive, but what we receive, we are able to, because of the Holy Spirit living through us, Father, would your Holy Spirit live through us and everywhere we go. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.